Hello and welcome to the Finance Hours podcast. I'm your host Luke and I'm joined today by my co-host Polina. Hey Luke, what have you got for us today? We've recently had some news on US share buybacks or repurchases from Goldman Sachs. This is an interesting topic because it may just highlight that confidence is returning after the pandemic. A record $870 billion of repurchases have taken place so far this year, which for context is almost three times the amount we had a year ago and over $50 billion more than a record that was set in the first three quarters of 2018. So what does this really suggest? It lends itself to corporate America becoming more liquid and finding avenues to best use it. This growing confidence has also been backed by dividend payments and the S&P 500 share index hit a record high in the third quarter this year. All of these record earnings and sales has meant companies are becoming more able to retain shareholder wealth. But the question to ask is why would companies buy back shares that they have already sold? The answer is a fairly simple one. The first is that it raises the price and the market cap because it reduces the quantity of shares in circulation and pushes up demand. But it also has the effect of increasing earnings per share, which is a key indicator of how profitable the company is. But what is more important than why is what does it tell us? And it may tell us that companies' willingness to authorise more repurchases, even when stock prices are at all-time highs, indicate that recent dips may just be temporary. Albeit, the majority of these buyback plans have come from tech giants like Apple, Alphabet and Facebook. For years after Poland joined the EU in 2004, the country was the biggest success story of the bloc's eastern expansion seemingly said to be a permanent and reliable bulwark of European integration. But Thursday's ruling by Polish judges that parts of EU law are incompatible with the country's constitution has sparked fears that the poll exit to follow the UK's Brexit from the EU could one day cease to be an idea from political fiction. Opinion surveys suggest that more than 80% of Poles want their country to remain in the EU. Poland's conservative nationalist Law and Justice Party, BIS, insists that the idea that it could take the country out of the Union is nonsense. Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki wrote on Facebook that the place of Poland is and will be in the European family of nations. Yet critics fear that even if BIS does not want to undo Poland's EU membership, its constant clashes with Brussels could set in train a dynamic that eventually leads that way. For the EU, which has to balance the need to protect its legal order against the risk of inflaming tensions with Warsaw, deciding how to respond to Thursday's verdict is a very difficult decision. The European Commission has faced increased questioning of the primacy of EU law in a number of member states, but the Polish ruling is more serious given that it explicitly rejects the key parts of EU law as incompatible with the country's constitution. The Commission is also under pressure to examine powers that will allow it to hold back Poland's regional development funds under certain circumstances. It has also been considering whether to bring a case against Poland under a new mechanism that allows money to be withheld from member states where there is a clear risk of waste and fraud. However, the risk is that withholding billions of euros of EU funding would only embolden anti-Brussels politicians in Poland, worsening the standoff. 
This is quite unprecedented. A country so fundamentally rejecting EU law primacy, said a policy fellow at the Jackson Law Center. Letting these things slide and doing nothing would risk giving the impression that member states can do what they want. This would mean that we may as well give up on the EU project, she said. You're listening to the Finance House podcast. And up next, we've got our biggest winners and our biggest losers of the week. Our this week's winner is Chemocentrics, which is listed on the NASDAQ under the tag CCXI. The shares soared 96% on Friday after the biopharmaceutical company received Food and Drug Administration approval for its treatment for a rare autoimmune disease. Chemocentrics' orally administered drug Avacopan will be sold under the brand name Tavnius. It's designed to help treat ANCA-associated vasculitis, a condition in which an overreaction in the immune system leads to inflammation and destruction of small blood vessels that can result in fatal organ failure. Patients and investors alike cheer the news. There is a significant unmet need in the treatment of ANCA-associated vasculitis, with current therapies often leading to serious, even fatal side effects and a diminished quality of life, the Vasculitis Foundation's executive director, Joyce Coleman, said. They believe new therapies like Tavnius may offer a brighter future for these patients. Chemocentrics owns the commercial rights to Tavnius in the US, where roughly 9,500 people are expected to be diagnosed with severe forms of ANCA-associated vasculitis. The drug will sell for a wholesale price of as much as $200,000 annually. Analysts, in turn, estimate that Chemocentrics could generate revenue of $1.3 billion from sales of Tavnius by 2035. A windfall of that magnitude could be huge for the company, which has recorded only $21.2 million in revenue over the past year. Luke, who is the loser this week? Our loser this week is ASOS PLC, which is listed on the London Stock Exchange under the tag ASC, and it's down 13% today. Investors have negatively reacted to the change in boardroom and the latest set of results. The results, however, were hardly awful. Revenue grew by 20% in August, with a large improvement in their home market, with UK sales rising around 36% for that segment. That said, gross margin did fall to 45.4%. Management gave the reasons of elevated freight and Brexit-related duty costs, product mix, FX headwinds, and increased customer investment. But overall, the bottom line was barely touched, as pre-tax profits rose 25%. But the CEO is to leave immediately, and the hunt for his successor is on. In terms of market impacts over the last 12 months, the value of ASOS has done more than half. With supply chains becoming tighter, this could lead to further stock complications in the near future. So I think it will be interesting to see how the new CEO appointment is reacted to by the markets, and whether they can be successful in their current strategy of growth. That's the news. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.